Welcome to the news with NDTV. The day is Thursday, February 22nd. In today's episode, Aam Aadmi Party and Congress broker a seat-sharing deal for multiple states. Karnataka Temple Tax Rao, a US cop who killed an Indian student, may walk free, and a former Jammu and Kashmir governor, Satyapal Malik, under CBI scanner. First up, the Aam Aadmi Party and Congress have struck a deal on seat-sharing in Delhi just weeks before the Lok Sabha dates are to be announced. Aam Aadmi Party will contest four of the seven Lok Sabha seats in the national capital and Congress will fight from the remaining three. Apart from Delhi, Congress and AAP will reportedly have amicable seat sharing in other states as well, including Goa, Gujarat and Haryana. However, they will contest separately in Punjab, where Aam Aadmi Party Supremo Arvind Kejriwal declared last week that the party will field contestants from all 13 seats. This was mutually decided, he had said. The Delhi deal comes a day after Congress finalised another seat-sharing deal with Akhilesh Yadav's Samajwadi Party in Uttar Pradesh, the first major deal in the joint opposition India bloc. Congress had been at loggerheads with both the Samajwadi Party and Amadmi Party over seat-sharing, triggering speculations over the stability of the opposition alliance. Congress had reportedly demanded five seats in Delhi and was not pleased with the 17-seat offer in the 80-seat Uttar Pradesh. Sources told NDTV it was Congress senior leaders who helped broker peace and allow for concessions, especially Priyanka Gandhi Vadra, who reached out personally to Samajwadi boss Akhilesh Yadav to work out the deal. Notably, two major parties have already parted ways with the India bloc, JDU in Bihar, which allied with the NDA, and Trinamool in Bengal, which has decided to go solo in the state. Next, a 10% tax on temples with revenues over Rs 1 crore introduced by the Congress-led Karnataka government on Wednesday has come under huge criticism from rival BJP. It has labelled the Grand Old Party as anti-Hindu for allegedly taking away donations from Hindu devotees to fund the quote-unquote depleted coffers of the state government. The move is essentially a revision of existing tax slabs and not an entirely new law. So what is this tax? The State Assembly passed the Karnataka Hindu Religious Institutions and Charitable Endowments Bill 2024 on Wednesday, empowering the government to collect 10% tax from temples that have revenues exceeding 1 crore and 5% from those with revenues ranging between 10 lakh and 1 crore. While BJP leaders have slammed the Siddharamaya government over it, Congress has argued that the move is, in fact, pro-Hindu, as the collected funds will be used for Dharmic Parishad purposes to help smaller temples and priests. The state government has also pointed out that this bill has been in existence since 2001 and only modifications have been made in the tax slabs. Throwing back the anti-Hindu charge at the BJP, Muzrai Minister Ramalinga Reddy told NDTV, quote, In 2011, the BJP had introduced an amendment, 197 temples with income of Rs 5 lakh to Rs 10 lakh were taxed 5% and 10% was taken on temples with income of more than Rs 10 lakh. They only started this. Now, I have made some changes to increase that and help C-grade temples and priests and provide them with housing, scholarship and insurance. Earlier, we got Rs 8 to 9 crore. Now, we will get more than Rs 30 to 40 crore. BJP is alleging that this money will be used for something else. Our budget is 3.8 lakh crore. What will Rs 40 crore do? Unquote. And next, former Jammu and Kashmir Governor Satyapal Malik, 
who went from being an admirer of Prime Minister Modi to become a vocal critic of his government and the BJP, is under the CBI scanner in a corruption case. The central agency is conducting searches at 30 locations linked to him in connection with alleged corruption in the rupees 2200 crore Kiru Hydro electric power project. The agency started its operations in the morning with around 100 officers mobilized to swoop down at 30 locations in multiple cities, officials said. They said the case relates to alleged corruption in awarding civil works. CBI had registered a case in April 2022 against five people, including Mr. Malik, in connection with alleged irregularities in awarding contracts for the projects. Mr. Malik, who was the governor of Jammu and Kashmir between August 23, 2018 and October 30, 2019, had claimed he was offered a rupees 300 crore bribe for clearing two files, including one related to the project. Responding to the CBI action, Satipal Malik, who has been admitted to the hospital for the past few days, said, quote, Despite my illness, my residence is being raided by authoritarian forces. My driver and assistant are being needlessly harassed through these searches. I am not afraid of these raids. I stand with the farmers. These actions won't deter me. Unquote. Breaking from breaking news. Remember the cartoon show Mowgli? A lost human child is adopted by a pack of wolves and raised in customs of the jungle community. Fun show, but very unrealistic. Well, maybe not entirely. A 40-year-old Ukrainian woman, Oksana Malaya, has claimed that between the ages of 3 and 9, she was raised by stray dogs in her poverty-stricken village. She told the TV show 60 Minutes that her alcoholic parents left her in the cold streets, then she crawled into a dog's kennel. She insists that she embraced their behaviours and means of communication. She abandoned her ability to speak and instead communicated through barks and snarls. She says, I would talk to them, they would bark and I would repeat it. The director of the special care institution, where Malaya lives now, confirmed that at the time of rescue, she was more like a small dog than a human. Authorities also described her reintegration into human society as challenging. Now back to news. Next up, the US cop who killed an Indian student has walked free for now after the defence cited a lack of sufficient evidence. In January last year, Janvi Kandula, a 23-year-old Indian student, was killed after being hit by a speeding police vehicle by the Seattle police officer Kevin Dave in US state of Washington. In body cam footage released by Seattle police, police officer Daniel Orderer, who was not involved in the collision but was present at the scene, callously laughed about the deadly crash before dismissing the need for criminal investigation and making insensitive comments about Ms. Kandula's age and value. Despite King County, prosecuting attorney Lisa Manian calling Orderer's comments as disturbing and appalling, she claimed they do not alter the legal analysis of Dave's conduct. Instead, it falls under the purview of the Office of Police Accountability or OPA to address Orderer's unprofessional behaviour. Andhra Pradesh MLA and former State Minister K.T. Ramarao posted on X and expressed his anguish over the officer walking free. He wrote, Disgraceful and absolutely unacceptable. I demand the Indian US Embassy to take up the matter with US government authorities and deliver justice to the family of young Janvi Kandula. I request External Affairs Minister S. Jay Shankarji to take up the matter with his counterpart and demand an independent investigation into the matter. It is tragic that the life of a youngster with soaring ambitions have been cut short. But what's more tragic is the callous disregard 
for justice to the victim. Unquote. The Community Police Commission, or CPC, responded to the decision by stating, while Officer D was travelling at 74 miles per hour, the prosecutor determined his conduct did not meet the legal standard of recklessness or disregard for the safety of others under Washington's vehicular homicide statute. In simple terms, they argued that driving at a high speed could not be cause enough to try Dave as a criminal and the incident could simply be called an accident. And lastly, some possible good news for school students in the CBSE board. The Central Board of Secondary Education is considering a major shift in its examination process. If the proposal is implemented, students from classes 9 to 12 may have open book examinations. This aligns with the recommendations of the National Curriculum Framework introduced last year. But it should be noted that the open book examination, some believe, is equally tough because then the student cannot rely on mugging up short notes and memorizing passively. Instead, they must know the subject matter comprehensively. The focus lies on assessing higher-order thinking skills, critical analysis and problem-solving abilities. The proposed pilot is scheduled for November-December. The board will evaluate how effective the system could be and then decide on implementation. There are two major hurdles in the implementation. First, training and empowering paper systems to frame those types of questions suitable for an OBE. Second, the entire reliability and credibility of the examination centre will be put to test. According to sources, it will require two to three years to empower a paper system and then implement them in very limited subjects. And after five to eight years, it can be implemented in class 10th and 12th exams. The move is aimed at helping the students as it aims to reduce unfair practices in exams and reduce the stress of board exams, both for students and parents. That's all for today. You were listening to the News with NDTV, your daily newspaper and TV news bulletin wrapped in a compact podcast. If you want to catch up with the day's events in a hurry, do remember to subscribe to the News with NDTV on Spotify, Apple and NDTV News app. This is your host Anvipi, signing off.